0: The John Steigerwald Show, sponsored by ServiceMaster of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Portions of today's program may be pre-recorded.
2: Sometimes choice is good, sometimes it's not. And lots of liberal women show themselves to be hypocrites when it comes to the issue of mothers having the right to choose... Uh, which school her kids go to. And that now includes the governor of Arizona, who just happens to be our choice for a very important award. And now it's time for the Jerk of the Week, starring John Steigerwald. Yeah, that would be Katie Hobbs, who may or may not have beaten Carrie Lake in an election back in November for governor of Arizona. And um, Arizona has universal school choice now. Katie doesn't like it even though her parents chose to send her to a Catholic school. Shannon Bream asked her about that a few days ago.
3: A reference there to the private Catholic mm-hmm. high school that you went to. Yeah. So why shouldn't all students have a chance at what you said was so important in your own life? Look, I grew up in a working class family. This was well before any of this um, of public assistance for private school existed. And my parents made that choice. I begged them to send me to public school, um, and we sacrificed a lot. There were times in my family that we were on food stamps, um, and so it wasn't. It was a choice that they made, um, and they struggled to to make that choice. Um, what I want is for every public, every student in the state of Arizona, no matter where they live, to have access to high quality public education. And with this uh, universal voucher system, um, that's not happening. But if their system is failing, if their public school is failing, no to giving them a chance to go somewhere else like you did. The, the schools are failing because we are failing to invest in them. Um, they're being starved of resources.
2: And I apologize for making you listen to that voice for almost an entire minute. Imagine voting to imagine voting to listen to that for six years. She sounds like she's about 12. Wow. And anyway, maybe that voice has something to do with Katie Hobbs being voted the winner of the AM1250D answer, Jerk of the Week. Well, when we come back, we had another mass shooting a few days ago, this time on the campus of Michigan State. Every time it happens, there are plenty of politicians out there who want to blame the guns. We'll have an expert here with some numbers on gun laws and how effective or ineffective they are And in our second half hour, Christine Brennan is a sports columnist for USA Today, and she can't take a joke. Stick around.
0: China is attacking the U.S. patent system, stealing American innovations, and we are helping them do it.
4: The Chinese Communist Party intends to surpass us and to be the world leader in innovative technology.
0: This shocking new movie from the Tea Party Patriots exposes the truth. China will use our own technology to threaten our economic and military security. Dominating technology means you dominate the world itself. This is a race that we cannot afford to lose because we're not going to have a country. If China gains control over 5G technology with a flip of a switch, they could remotely turn off our phones, our cars, even our power grid. We've lost sight of what it is to protect this nation. We need to up our game. In today's high-tech world, there's no prize for second place. Watch Innovation Race. Available now on demand or DVD at SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are you tired of long hold
5: times when you need tech support? Look no further than Vision Computers. With us, the average hold time is just 15 seconds. That means you won't be stuck on hold for hours on end, waiting for assistance. But that's not all. Our custom-built PCs also come with three years of parts and labor included, plus one year of managed service. That means you can have peace of mind knowing that your computer is covered for any potential issues. And when you purchase a new PC from us, you'll get printer, email, and general software setup assistance at no charge. That's right. We'll help you get your new computer set up and running smoothly at no extra cost. We know how important it is to have a reliable computer, and that's why we go above and beyond to provide top-notch tech support and service. Visit us at www.visioncomputers.com or call us at 404-COMPUTE to speak with a live person
4: today. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest-rated precious metals firm in the country. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000.
1: Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter code SLEEK at checkout. That's harrys.com, code SLEEK. Enjoy! This is the John stecker Show on AM
0: 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer.
2: Well, there's another mass shooting today. This time in Tate County, Mississippi, six people were killed. No details yet, but whatever the details are, you can be sure that a good part of the media will immediately go to focusing on the guns and the need for more gun laws. Amy Schwerer knows all about that. She's a legal fellow with the Heritage Foundation and has been on this show many times to talk about this uh, subject. She joins us now. Amy, thanks for coming back on. I appreciate it.
6: Hey, thank you for having me.
2: So you wrote today uh, that we can always expect after a mass shooting uh, for for gun control advocates to point to California for the answers. Why is that?
6: Well, it's essentially because California at this point has the most restrictive gun control laws in the country. And essentially what you see is that you know when people uh, reflexively call for federal-level gun control, uh, in reality what it ends up being is a less restrictive version of what California already has, which to me begs a very specific question. If we're going to essentially point to California's gun control as the, the cure for mass shootings at a federal level, shouldn't we make sure that it's actually working for California, that Californians are actually safer from mass shootings than the rest of the country? And it's an important question that no one bothers to ask, because it gets the answer that gun control advocates don't want.
2: Yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, but, but what is it that makes California different from other states, uh, aside from just? Sure. Uh, be, if you could be a little bit more specific about what what makes it uh, that tougher on gun uh, gun control.
6: Sure. So California, over the last ten or fifteen years, ha- has done a number of things. It's not just. Bans on so-called assault weapons or bans on purchasing new assault weapons, uh, but they've actually banned the possession for a large number of these uh, weapons. They impose universal background checks. You need, um, a, a, a license or a, a permit to, to actually get that gun in the first place. You need to go through a background check to get ammunition. They've raised the age of ownership to, to 21. Uh, they've imposed limits on magazine capacity. Um, you know, limited it to, to the 10 rounds. They have a handgun register that if your gun is not specifically on that that list of approved handguns, you cannot buy it. It cannot be sold or possessed in California. And on top of that, what they've now said is no new guns are allowed to be added to that list because they're, quote, unsafe and don't meet uh, the these so-called micro-stamping conditions, which are literally impossible, cannot be met. And so you are limited to a very small supply of guns uh, that, that never changes from this list. So things of that nature are what you see in California.
2: And so uh, you say that people should check and ask whether these gun control laws are working. So let's ask that question now. How are they or how are they not working?
6: Well, the the answer is, it depends on how you want to define mass shooting, obviously, but in a best case scenario, under the, the most generous definition that, that does the best you know, for the state of California, the best that can be said is that Californians, for all of their gun control and undermining of the Second Amendment, are only just as safe for mass, shooting as, mass shootings as Texans who do not have their Second Amendment rights undermined. But if you look at a more restrictive definition of mass shooting, these sort of mass public shootings that are more indiscriminate in nature, what you actually find is that California is the worst state in the nation. So when you look at, for example, the Mother Jones mass shooting database, which uses the more standard definition of three or more people killed in an indiscriminate shooting in public, the state accounts for 20% of mass shootings since twenty. and in fact it's getting worse right so if you look at just the last five years it's still 20 percent of mass shootings but the the percentage of mass shooting fatalities has increased one in five mass shooting fatalities in the last five years has taken place in california texas by all accounts is doing infinitely better uh, in that regard it's only about eight percent of mass shootings since 2012 Um, so again Depending on how you want to look at it, you're either just as safe as Texas or the worst in the nation.
2: And Texas, what is the difference? What are the main differences between Texas and California in their laws? It's
6: fundamentally uh, polar opposite. Approaches. Um, So Texas has since gone uh, in the last couple of years to permitless carry, um, whereas California, for a long time, it was almost impossible for law-abiding citizens to carry guns legally in public. Um, California has an assault weapons ban. Uh, Texas does not. Um, Texas has an age of of purchase and possession for long guns that is eighteen. California, it's twenty-one. You know all of these these restrictive laws that California has. Texas essentially does not. Um, So polar opposite approaches. And you see this in their uh, rating, if you will, by gun control groups. So California is often rated the the toughest in the nation. Um, You know, the best, quote unquote, gun control laws in the nation uh, gets an A uh, on the the grading scale. Texas gets an F and is down there at the bottom. Um, So that should tell you something. If the best California can do is to render its citizens just as safe as one of the least restrictive uh, gun control states in the nation.
2: And who, again, is doing the gr- uh, the grading, the A's and the F's there?
6: Um, so this comes from the, the Giffords group. Um, okay. the, they're a gun control group, Giffords, um, uh, which was started by, if you remember, uh, Representative Gabby Giffords, right. I think in, in 2009 um, when she was shot in that mass shooting. But it, it is her gun control group.
2: Just uh, as an aside here, the, uh, I'm sure you have some um, information on the Gifford shooting, and and obviously it was a traumatic and a terrible thing for her. Mm-hmm. She was shot and almost killed, and for her husband. And they're very much involved in gun control now. But and I didn't mean to sneak up on you with this, but I'm just wondering if is there are there some facts related to that shooting that show that the gun control had nothing to do or would have had nothing to do with her being shot, more gun control?
6: Um, so that one in in particular, I, I think what you actually find uh, is a, a very common theme with so many of these mass public shootings, which is that you, you had an individual who for a long period of time... Uh, was showing signs of being a danger to himself or others um, and and never got that help. His parents wanted him to get help, um, but no one ever took official action to get him that help that he so clearly needed. And I, my understanding is that he was actually not prohibited from possessing firearms. um, And I believe he used a handgun, not a quote unquote, assault weapon. Um, But it has been a while uh, since that shooting. What I will say is as a general rule, regardless of what you hear, it is not true that quote-unquote assault weapons are the weapon of choice. It's actually most likely to be a handgun or a combination of firearms. Um, you know, There's simply uh, no indication that you know, most of these individuals are under the age of 21. In fact, the average age is about 30. Right? So most of the gun control laws that are you know, pushed in the aftermath of these shootings very, very rarely would have actually stopped or had an effect on the shooting in in whose name they're invoked.
2: And that, I'm guessing that you find that a lot, where people who, uh, like the the Parkland shooting, uh, I think just had a five-year anniversary of that, and Mm. some of the more famous shootings and the calls for gun control, and how often would the gun controls that they're calling for have made a difference? or or, Very,
6: very rarely.
2: Yeah. And and that would be the case with the uh, the Michigan State uh, campus shooting, which I was going to get to in a minute. But as, uh, just thinking about it now, um, the governor, Whitmer, there, as soon as it happened, within about a minute of her speech in reaction to it, she started talking about we need more gun laws.
6: Mm-hmm.
2: And they wouldn't yeah, have helped. I, I, and they didn't, they, I guess I, I, they, they didn't pay attention to the ones they had.
6: Right, right, and you look at a, a, again a, a situation tragic in in uh, in Michigan State, but where you had a forty three year old who legally purchased and possessed a handgun, um, who used that handgun in a in a gun free zone, who who was carrying it in a way that he was prohibited from doing. What? Which of these? commonly proposed gun control laws would have actually stopped that or affected it, right? He already passed a background check and was capable of passing more background checks. He's over the age of 21. He's not using a, quote, assault weapon. Um, None of these things that get proposed are actually designed to address the reality of you. You had an individual who's clearly showing signs of being a danger to himself or, or others over the last several years. And again, no official action was taken to intervene, And none of the actions that are being proposed would have had an effect or would have resulted in him not having that gun.
2: And if I'm not mistaken, the the judge uh, uh, could have charged him with a felony for a previous gun possession uh, violation and did not. And he would have been a felon and therefore not capable of getting the gun he ended up using if the judge would have enforced the rules, the laws that they already had.
6: Yeah, though I, I do want to caveat that with with saying, you know, very rarely um, do do I think it should be a, a criminal offense for someone to who is in lawful possession of a gun to be charged with a felony just because he didn't pay the government enough money first to exercise his rights in public. Um, but that said, you know, you're pointing to bigger issues here, which are that like the fact is that law is in place in mm-hmm. Michigan. There was an opportunity um, to to, to, to disarm him. And there were also ample opportunities in the years leading up to this where he was, you know, again, you have his father coming out and saying he he turned evil, right? He turned cruel and evil uh, and clearly indicating he needed help. Why wasn't that help given? Why are are we looking at broadly punishing and undermining the rights of law-abiding, peaceable citizens when we're not looking at using the specific strategies we already have to disarm a clearly dangerous specific individual. Doesn't uh, it make more sense to do the latter?
2: Right. And, and there are gun laws out there that you don't like and would like to see go away, I'm sure. But mm-hmm. it also uh, when you I think you, I think it's fair to refer to those gun laws even the ones you don't like. When you when you say, "Listen, you you people are asking for more gun laws because you think those those will reduce the number of shootings, here's a gun law that I don't like." But it's already on the books, and you guys aren't using that. So wh- why? Wh- what makes you think more gun laws would be effective?
6: Exactly. And that's, that is an entirely fair and valid point. And you see this again in, in uh, Chicago, for example. Further down this article, I go through Chicago. 2.7 million people living in Chicago. It's one of the most restrictive gun control places in the nation, right up there with California. And this is... Little uh, area of the country with less than 1% of the nation's population for all of its gun laws could probably be called mass shooting capital of the United States under some of the broader definitions. Um, a, a lot of years under these very, very broad definitions of mass shootings um, that include, you know, gang shootings and anything where three or more people are shot. A lot of years, Chicago, the little tiny city of Chicago comparatively has more mass shootings than the entire state of Texas. And that should tell us something about how we are enforcing existing gun laws, how we are enfor- enforcing any laws whatsoever in places like Chicago. And for them to turn around, for gun control advocates to turn around and demand that, you know, we, we use this as the tool to cure mass shootings in the rest of the country, you know, it, it's really a case of Chicago, California, heal thyself. Um, and, I, and I think it's unfortunate because that's what you're pointing to, is, is this broader lack of enforcing the laws we already have, regardless of how restrictive those laws are in places like California and Chicago.
2: We're talking to Amy Schwerer. She's a legal fellow for legal and judicial studies at the Heritage Foundation. Um, and uh, you mentioned Chicago, but what about the, the mayor there and other people there who like to tell everybody it's Indiana's fault? because their laws aren't strict enough over there. And I guess the, the argument is that br- the guns are coming in from Indiana. I think that's what the argument is.
6: Yeah, well, one, I, I think that, that categorically misunderstands how federal law works. It, it turns out you can't just cross the border to Indiana, and that's how you avoid uh, Illinois gun laws. That That's not how federal law works. You, you're you know, bound by the same laws once you start crossing state lines. But that said, if Indiana were the problem eh, with its restrictive gun laws, you would think that Indiana would be a wash in the same mass shootings as Chicago. But the reality is it it doesn't. So I I referenced that broader definition of of mass shooting, right? To to look at those numbers. When you break it down, since twenty fourteen, while Chicago is responsible for almost eight percent of, of mass shootings in the nation, the entire state of Indiana is only responsible for about 2%, which is roughly equivalent to you know, the, the proportion of, of its population compared to the rest of the United States. So Indiana is doing just fine. Indiana does not have this outrageous, disproportionate bloodshed that Chicago has. So that should tell you that the gun laws are not the problem. There is something else fundamentally at fault. That is underlying Chicago's bloodshed, and it is not Indiana's gun laws.
2: It's almost like it's the people, Amy, and not the guns.
6: <laughs> yeah, you, you, you would think, and yet here we are, where once again we get these, these indignant demands to just do something, but no one can actually prove that the very specific things they always want to do actually accomplish anything of value. You
2: know what? I, I have about a minute and a half left here. You know what I think? I always think about when I see these stories, and here in Pittsburgh, if if you are dumb enough to watch local news uh, or get you know somehow by mistake happen to be exposed to it, which is terrible, it's mostly about shootings and fires and things like that. And I'm I, I've always paid attention to how often there's even any focus at all on where the person who did the shooting. And I'm not talking necessarily about a mass shooting where you know a random shooting. I'm talking about a, a gunfight somewhere or, you know, some kind of a, just a murder, just your uh, common everyday murder, and it will be a an 18-year-old kid shoots somebody, and the focus is on, you know, who died and who did the shooting. They never mention where the person got the gun or that there's anybody mm-hmm. interested in where they got the gun.
6: Well, because overwhelmingly what you will find is that this is an individual who was a repeat violent offender who was already Uh, not supposed to have a gun under existing laws and who already circumvented all of the laws we have in place to prevent that. Uh, And that doesn't fit with the narrative, right? It doesn't fit with the narrative, oh, if we just do X, Y, and Z, it'll solve it when X, Y, and Z don't actually address the ways in which a violent criminal who already can't get a gun through a gun store or through any other legal means, nonetheless, does that. Until we start addressing those underlying problems, the ways in which criminals are actually getting their guns, Nothing with respect to assault weapons or, you know, name your other gun control law here. None of that is going to matter until we address how these individuals are getting their guns in reality as it already exists.
2: As always, Amy, making perfect perfect sense and clearing this up. And uh, you do a great job at the Heritage Foundation uh, covering this stuff. And I always like to have you on. You're the first person I think of when it's time to talk about this subject, so I always appreciate you coming on. Thanks.
6: Thank you for having me.
2: Okay, that's Amy Schwerer. She is with the Heritage Foundation. I'll be right back.
7: With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The head of the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, assuring residents forced from their homes by that toxic train derailment In Ohio, nearly two weeks ago, that testing is showing the air and water are now safe. Ohio Governor Mike DeWine spoke to WXSY WTTE.
2: In the 500 homes where the air has been tested, no contamination of concern caused by the rail derailment was present in any of these homes.
7: Pennsylvania Democratic Senator John Fetterman, still recovering from a stroke, has checked himself into Walter Reed National Military Medical Center to seek treatment for clinical depression. Fame broadcaster and former St. Louis Cardinals star Tim McCarver has died. He was 81. The Dow is up 100 points, but the Nasdaq is down 85. This is SRN News.
0: From the creators of I Can Only Imagine comes Jesus Revolution. If you look a little deeper, if you look with love, you'll see an entire generation searching for all the right things, just in all the wrong places. Based on a true revolution. You're going to need a bigger church. Jesus Revolution. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. See it early February 22nd. In theaters
8: everywhere beginning February 24th. Go to JesusRevolution.movie. Every day we hear news about violent assaults, carjackings, and other acts of crime spiraling across the United States. Washington's answer is to confiscate your guns, but a new book from Regnery offers hope for a better solution. Professional firearms instructor and veteran gun store owner Larry Correa's new book, In Defense of the Second Amendment, pulls back the curtain on Washington's gun-grabbing agenda and how you can protect your rights as well as your family. Yet In Defense of the Second Amendment, new from Regnery, available at Amazon.com.
0: Dennis Prager struggles with the State of the Union. I have to admit, in having done this now for about 30 years, analyzing the speeches of presidents, Democrat and Republican, this speech was the most difficult because it had nothing in it. There's nothing to analyze. This country is in such terrible shape. The Dennis Prager Show, weekdays at noon, right before Sebastian Gorka at 3, on AM 1250. The answer.
2: Hey, John Steigerwald here for Johnny and Jesse Samick, my friends over at Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. When disaster strikes your home or business, demand the yellow van. Fire, water, or mold, Service Master's technicians are trained and equipped to get you back to normal fast. Even when dealing with insurance, you have a choice who repairs and Cleans up the mess. Make sure you demand the yellow van. Call Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand
0: the yellow van. Call Service Master. Do you have a loved one entering a nursing home? There's a lot at stake. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Depending on your family's long term care goals, there are important decisions that should be made before a facility is needed. Talk to a qualified legal professional today. At Abernathy & Hagerman, we can help your family navigate the complicated Medicaid rules so that you can properly save some or all of your life savings from a long-term care crisis. Before you apply, contact Abernathy & Hagerman at a-h.law. Relief
8: factor, pain relief that's natural, pain relief that works, and pain relief that attacks the source of the pain. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. See their incredible video endorsements at relieffactor.com and then order your three-week quick starter pack for just nineteen ninety-five. That's less than a dollar a day. Find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today. relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. Be the next success story. AM
0: 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. WPGP, Pittsburgh, a division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart or Odyssey. AM 1250. The answer.
1: Weather. This afternoon, low clouds, rather windy and cool with a high 42, but temperatures falling into the upper 20s. Partly cloudy tonight, breezy during the evening with a low 19. Sunny to partly cloudy skies for tomorrow with a high of 43, and a bit more mild on Sunday with partial sunshine and a high of 53. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick.
2: The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Oh, maybe you saw the news that uh, Tiger Woods came back to the tour yesterday and had a shot of 69 out, at, 69 out at Riviera Country Club in L.A. I think it's now being its called the Genesis Invitational Tournament. Um, but that wasn't the big story, although that's kind of a big story that he's able to come back and and have a competitive round. He hasn't played since uh, dropping out of the U.S. Open last, what, June, so he's trying to make a comeback, and he said beforehand that he was planning to win the thing, not just show up and make it through. So anyway, he, he shot his 69, and he played with his good buddy Justin Thomas, who's one of the best players on tour right now, and a picture, there was a picture taken... Uh, that made it onto social media of Tiger handing Justin Thomas a tampon as they're walking up the course. He did it very discreetly, you know, just like kind of put his hand down at his side, and 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 uh, Justin Thomas reached over to get it. Well, the message that Tiger was sending to Justin Thomas was that he outdrove him. And he was giving him a tampon as like, you know, well, you know, if you're a guy, you know exactly what he's saying to him. Or if you have you know anything about sports, you know why he did that, you know. So there's a, a, a woman who writes a column for USA Today, a sports column. Her name's Christine Brennan. She's been around a long time, too long, actually. She's a, she's, a, she's, a, she's a grouch, and she always seems to be looking for things to be upset about, And some, especially when it applies to women in sports and they're not being treated fairly and blah, blah, blah. So she writes for USA Today, which apparently people still read. Um, And here's the headline. Really, Tiger, you're a 47-year-old girl dad but thought tampon stunt would be funny? So here's how it starts out. Tiger Woods, the 47-year-old father of a sports-playing teenage daughter, was photographed Thursday giving his playing partner, Justin Thomas, a tampon after Woods outdrove him in the first round of a PGA Tour event Replicating an old prank that immature schoolboys used used to think was funny. Here's a tip for you, Christine. They still do think it's funny. Okay. And here's another tip for you. A thousand years from now, they still will. Uh, here's something that you might not understand because you know you're a woman. You don't get it, but that's okay. So, uh, and I can remember when I played golf. I haven't played for a long time, and I, I was not very good. I wasn't terrible. I, I think the best, the lowest handicap I hit was 13. So I shot in the mid 80s, and I was actually beaten by a 15 year old girl at uh, Saint Clair Country Club a long time ago. She was a junior champion. She went on to become uh, she on to play on the uh, LPGA Tour, and she beat me. You know, I think I shot like an 85, and she shot 80. And we didn't play from the ladies tees, but. Um, so that's just to give you an idea that I that I I did I did play some golf golf, but I can remember and I, I don't know if they still do it now. If you had a putt, uh, an important putt you wanted to make and you choked on it and you, you you left it way short, the guy playing with you might say, Oh, does your wife play? And that's kind of the same thing as the you know, if they would have had a tampon, he would have handed you a tampon. It's the same idea. So uh, this is what um, this is what Christine Brennan is upset upset about. And she says, Wood's message to Thomas was obvious. It has been the go-to line of silly, often insecure boys for generations. You play like a girl. Well, see, here's the problem, Christine. They have ladies tees at the golf course. And do you know why they have ladies tees? Because ladies play like ladies. They don't play like men. So to say somebody plays like a girl, when it comes to golf at least, that's not even an insult. It's you know, if you go out and you play golf today or tomorrow with a um, with some with a woman, and you tee off, she's probably going to go down and tee off in the ladies' tee. The fifteen-year-old girl didn't. She beat me anyway, but that's a different story. So, this is what uh, Christine Brennan goes on to say. I'm guessing most of the millions of fathers and mothers who support their athletic daughters probably have long since retired all their juvenile pranks that were intended to demean the ability of those girls they love and for whom they spend so much time cheering. Uh, Christine, no, they haven't. Uh, they only do it when their women aren't around. That's when they, that's when they come up with the pranks and, and say the, the mean things. And they say it when you're not around, Christine. Now, they're not going to say it when you, a columnist, are around because you're going to write about it, and you're, like you're doing with Tiger Woods here. But trust me, they still say it. And it's going to go on. I said, as I said, for another thousand years. But uh, so she says that they. She says that they. Uh, she's guessing most of the millions of fathers who support their athletic daughters probably have long since retired all the juvenile pranks. But not our tiger. No, he employed basic misogyny to insult his good friend Thomas, a knee slapper of a dig against female athletes. You hit the ball like a girl. Again, if you there's a spot. <laughs> there's a there's a spot on the golf course that has a red tee on it, okay? And you know, wh- you know what the reason, you know why you're supposed to go there to put your ball on the tee before you hit it? Because you hit the ball like a girl. That's why the lady's tee is there, okay? That's why it's there. So she goes on. Well, this is far from the biggest issue in sports these days. It does play right into a decades-old Narrative that the leaders of golf are desperately trying to change, clearly with limited success, that the game of golf is for men and men alone, including those grown men who apparently still act like teenagers. In one of the craziest business decisions a sport has ever allowed itself to make, golf for generations actively pushed women away from entering the game, from spending money on the game, from buying golf clubs and golf balls and golf shoes, you name it. The powers that be in golf, some of the greatest capitalists among us, uh, chose sexism over capitalism. There are still private golf clubs that women cannot join in this country. The big one finally falling in 2020 when Augusta National, the very visible home of the Masters, realized it had to do something to try to help golf attract even a trine. That's not why they did it. They were forced into doing it. But uh, And here's why, the, the, here's why there were um, golf clubs that didn't allow women in it. Because the women, the men didn't want women around. They wanted to go to a golf club. They wanted to be able to smoke cigars, maybe fart once in a while, do whatever they want, and not have to worry about women being around. Here's something, yes, you should understand. That I, I'm pretty sure about this. Golf pretty much was created by some shepherds in a, in Scotland, right where they still play the British Open. Uh, now you're not allowed to call it the British Open; it's the Open, but. It was it was uh, created by these guys who were shepherds, and they used to take sticks and hit stones and try to hit them into rabbit holes. Okay, that's where the game began. They've been. You know, do you have any idea how long they've been playing golf? The first reference to golf was in 1552. They were playing golf at where what in the town of Saint Andrews, Scotland, which is where that course is, and. These guys went out and they got sticks and, and hit rocks and tried to hit them into rabbit holes. Well, that's not something that women would think to do. Uh, it's, it's, still, it's still the same today. If you put a bunch of – if you put boys out in the backyard by themselves – they will, it'll take about a minute and a half before they'll figure out some way to compete with each other. They'll either wrestle, they'll, they'll be running, doing races, they'll be throwing rocks at each other or at targets or something. You put girls out there, even today when girls are playing sports much more than they used to, uh, they, they, you don't see that. It just doesn't happen as much. Boys are just more competitive. So you go back over, it's what we're talking about, 500 years ago, over 500 years ago, about 500 years, they started doing this. And uh, probably actually before f- uh, 1552. So let's say at least 500 years ago, maybe 600, these guys were out in the field and they were bored and somebody picked up a stick and said, you know, I bet I can hit a rock in that rabbit hole. I bet I can, I bet if I take this stick and hit this rock, I can get it in that rabbit hole in three hits. And the other guy says, no way you can do that. This is, you know, in, in 1437, whatever it was. <laughs> and so, so, uh, that's how golf was created. And here's here's I'm just I'm just thinking here. Maybe I'm crazy, but I think there's a good chance that the guys did that because they liked one of the reasons they started doing it more often and maybe became a little bit more organized is that it was a good way to get away from their wives. Okay, and they figured this is really stupid what we're doing. Women are smart enough, and I mean that women are smart enough to know that this is really dumb what we're doing. They're never going to want to do this. We go out and do this. They'll so leave us alone. We can do what we want. We can talk about what we want. And, you know, just be guys. So that's how golf was created. So Christine probably doesn't know that. So um, this, is, this is what she, she goes on to write uh, about Tiger Woods. Uh, she says, uh, wondering what Tiger was up to, I sent a text Thursday night to his agent, Mark Steinberg. And can you confirm that Tiger gave Justin Thomas a tampon when he outdrove him today? See below. I included a tweet with a couple of photos of the alleged incident. Hardly the biggest issue on earth, I continued, but it's getting a lot of play on social media tonight, and I want to get it right. If he did... Why exactly did Tiger do that? Please tell me. It's not because he wants to send the message that Justin played like a girl. Is Tiger comfortable sending that message to girls and women in 2023? I went to high school with some boys who did those kinds of things 35 to 40 years ago. Why didn't Tiger do it today? Thanks. Uh, Steinberg, the agent, never replied. Well, the answer to her question is, she says, please tell me it's not because he wants to send the message that Justin played like a girl that's exactly why he gave him the tampon what other reason would he have of doing it and he's not apologizing for it he shouldn't have to apologize for it to um, Christine Brennan so the, she's asking questions to, to which she knows the answer and she does she just doesn't like the answer but th- th- that that's why Steinberg Mark Steinberg the agent didn't reply because he figured hey Christine this is kind of obvious yeah. That's exactly what he was saying. That's what guys do. They play golf, and that's you know that's what happened. Get over it. That's pretty much what he was saying to her. So, um, so then there's this person, Sarah Stirk. I don't know who she is. They say she's a presenter because this this of course went uh, viral and got lots of uh, response on national media and a lot a lot of people, either women or uh, girly men, uh, got upset about it and thought the Tiger was being a bad guy. Uh, so this person, Sarah Sturk for Sky Sports, I don't know who she is, but this is her uh, comment, quote, "'My overriding feelings are completely surprised and really disappointed. I'm a female working in sport. I'm passionate and love the game of golf and think we are all striving for equality. We've all seen the massive inroads everyone is doing promoting women's sport.'" There is more media exposure, increase in participation levels. We want women's sport to be on a level playing field with men. Well, actually, um, Sarah, it's not on a level playing field with men on a golf course. I hate to keep bringing it up again, but they have those women, they have the ladies' tees. So it's not a level playing field. They unlevel it because they understand that you can't hit the ball. I mean, you, I don't know if Sarah Sturk is a golfer, but if she's a female golfer, she can hit it longer than I can. She can kill me on a golf course. But. There is no, it's not, there is not a level playing field on the golf course. Just stand up there on the tee. Maybe you're hitting from the front tees or the, maybe you're on the back tees, but you're on the men's tees. And if you look down over the hill there, you'll see those little red wooden balls on the edge of, uh, on the uh, boundaries of the tee down there. That's for the ladies because they don't hit the ball as far. So it's called an unlevel playing field. So. It's unbelievable. See, we want women's sport to be on a level playing field with men. That she should be out there demanding that they get rid of the ladies' tees, because that exists on the golf course. It's obvious to everybody. I think this incident last night was extremely disappointing and crass. To be honest, they are two good friends, J.T. and Tiger Woods, good buddies. They play a lot together. Woods outdrove Thomas. It was seemingly done in jest, but to me, it was sort of lady blokish. Laddie, I'm sorry, laddie, blokish behavior. You think laddies being laddies? That's exactly what it was. There are two guys on a golf course. You're not allowed to be that anymore, apparently. He passed him the tampon and is effectively saying, "Look, <laughs> I've <laughs> driven you. You're driving the ball like a woman. Really? You think that's what he did, Sarah? Are you just picking up on that? This is the inference of the incident that happened, and that says females and women are inferior to men." Um, they're not, Sarah. I don't think any normal man believes that women are inferior to men, but here's where they are inferior to men. On the golf course! That's, where they, that's why they have the ladies' tees, okay? Why is this so hard for people to figure out? And why do you get upset about it? So that's my, that's my uh, little take on uh, Christine Brennan, who apparently can't take a joke. I'll be right back.
3: Wouldn't it be great to work in a place that makes a positive impact on the people, businesses, and churches around you? That place exists. I know because I work there. My name is Cassie, and I'm the digital marketing specialist with Salem Media Group in Pittsburgh. Right now, 101.5 Word FM and Salem Surround have an opening for one talented salesperson to join our team. Is that you? We'll bring the training. You just bring the talent. An understanding of digital marketing and some direct sales experience will definitely help you stand out. What are you waiting for? Take the first step to a career that is challenging, rewarding, and helps to create terrific results for our amazing customers. Join the sales team at Salem Media Group, Pittsburgh. Email your resume to brad.marshall at salempittsburgh.com. That's brad.marshall at salempittsburgh.com.
9: We're term provider experts in finding affordable term life insurance for those that may not be in perfect health. If you've had prostate cancer, heart conditions, high cholesterol, or are on prescription medications, you may still qualify for a half million to a million dollars or more of affordable term life insurance. Get a quick quote right now by visiting TermProvider.com. That's TermProvider.com or simply call TermProvider at 800-333-1750. If you're looking for term life insurance but have type 2 diabetes, high blood pressure, or have other health issues, call TermProvider at 800-333-1750. That's eight hundred three 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 seventeen fifty. 1750
8: Did you know that the average price of a used car is up over 40% from just a year ago? The cost of living has gone up and the cost for auto repairs is rising as well. The car you have needs to last you longer than ever. So if your vehicle has less than 150,000 miles with an auto warranty about to expire, or with no warranty coverage at all, you need to call CarShield at 800-523-8667. We've just announced a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle service plan to help save thousands of dollars on out-of-pocket expenses for future auto repairs. While the cost for new and used cars continue to go up, CarShield offers protection plans at an all-time low. Drivers who activate their plan today will also receive 24-7 coast-to-coast roadside assistance, courtesy towing and emergency tire, battery, and key lockout service. Call 800-523-8667 today to save 20% on your plan. That's 800-523-8667. Keep your car protected. Call 800-523-8667. Again, 800-523-8667.
0: Dennis Prager here. Sue and I mean it. Dogs are part of our family. We love Otto and Snoopy so much, there's nothing quite like their loyal companionship. So we provide them with rough greens. In fact, I just talked to my wife about it because we want them to be healthy and we want them to be with us as long as possible. That's true. I know Sebastian Gorka feels the same way. The Pragers and I couldn't agree more. Our pups, Killian and Leia, rely on us to provide what's best for them and that Naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black has packed Rough Greens full of vitamins, minerals, digestive enzymes, omega oils, and more that supplement their food in a way that has shown us great results. Trying out Rough Greens is an easy yes, recommended by me,
5: Dr. G. Naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black here, and I'm so proud that the Pragers and Sebastian Gorka have entrusted their dogs' health to Rough Greens. I'm so confident that Rough Greens can help your dog. I'm offering you a free Jumpstart trial bag. Just cover the shipping. Yes. Your dog's food is dead food, but you can bring it back to life with Rough Greens. Go to RUFFGreens.com.
0: This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer.
2: So just finishing up uh, on that subject, uh, I wrote a book about uh, 12, 12 years ago, something like that, uh, called Just Watch the Game. Did very well locally. It's still out there. You can get it on Amazon if you want to check it out. But I, it was just a book full of chap, many different chapters, not a you know page one to page 300 story of my life or anything like that. And one of the things I covered was women in sports. And I, I started the chapter off by m- running a list of sports invented by men. And, uh, you know, I just off the top of my head, baseball, football, basketball, uh, golf, soccer, wrestling, boxing, tennis, badminton. <laughs> you know I just ran them all down. And then I said, I'm trying to think of what sports might have been invented by women. And I came up with uh, hopscotch and jacks. No, I don't know that even if they were invented by women, but women are my point was that women are late coming to the idea of playing sports, and I don't know why that is that's an evolutionary thing. there's some reason for it, but um, they're late coming to the game. they were invented by men for men, so it's it's it should be understandable that men are are not quick to give up the traditions that they've developed themselves among themselves because it was it's been men. Who decided that sports were fun and and it was good to punch each other in the face in a ring? You know that these are stupid things. I mean, if you think about what goes on in sports, football, you know, killing each other in, in an attempt to run a ball over a, a line drawn on a field. Those are all really stupid activities. If you get right down to it, women were smart enough not to be, not to get involved in that. So, so that's they should be ashamed of it. And men, but men like doing it. And uh, so, the, anyway, that's that's uh, that. Women are late getting to the game, and maybe they, they they need to understand that it's they shouldn't expect everything to change overnight. I just found a thing here online. I just i i just um, googled first organized golf in Scotland. It says here the first game of golf in Scotland sometime between 900 and 1200 AD. Well, first of all, that's three hundred years. Come on, you can can you be a little bit more specific than that? That's three hundred years. You know, that's like going back now to 1723. Uh, Come on. Uh, So, but the the 18-hole round originated at the Old Course in St Andrews, St Andrews, in 1764. So that's almost three hundred years ago. Um, The LPGA, the Ladies Professional Golf Tour, came around in 1950. So they were about 400 years behind before they formed the you know, the LPGA. So they're late getting to the game. And here's an idea. How about women get together and create a sport that men want to play? Is there one on the planet Earth that exists right now? I'll give you the answer. No, hasn't happened yet. Doesn't exist. Um, so, you know, maybe you come up with one and you, men will be knocking down the doors and saying, hey, you know, let us in here. We, we want That looks like fun. Let us do it. Not one sport invented by women. Um, so that's, that's all I'll say about that. For now, because this will come up again, but I just had to get that in. How much time I got, Mike? Okay, good. That gives me time to give you this to finish up. Remember the show Starsky and Hutch? It was a story about two, uh, two guys, two detectives, ran from 1975 to 1979. It was really a popular show. Um, and it was, I forget what network was on. It might have been, I think it was ABC. But Fox is going to do a reboot. Of Starsky and Hutch, did you like Starsky and Hutch, Mike? When you, yeah, they're going to do a re they would do a reboot reboot, and uh, I don't know when it's going to come on, but it's going to be in an offbeat town called Desert City, and according to the Daily Mail, <clears throat> instead of um, that's instead of the city was called Bay City, which is the original um, production was in, but the new show is going to be in a town called Desert City, and oh by the way, Starsky and Hutch are women. In the new show. You ready for that? See? They're they're making inroads. They didn't they didn't say that one of the women is gay, but that'll they'll work that in before that show's off the air. I'll talk to you Monday. The John Steicherwalt Show is
0: a production of Salem Media Group and sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van.